Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going? This is coming out post-Thanksgiving, recording before Thanksgiving, so just everyone's aware why I'm not asking how the Thanksgiving's going, but how's the rest of your November been? <laughs> yeah, hopefully everybody traveled safely. Hopefully we traveled safely. We're back Knock on next Wednesday, yep. so mm-hmm. that's nice. I'm just looking at both of our studios, and I am in a pitch black cave, and Shay is in a well-lit room, like a human. <laughs> and I just got to shout out, yeah, I got a window, Mm -hmm. so that counts for something. But I just got to shout out my apartment complex for not putting lights in the room. Like I still can't believe they did that, man. doesn't make sense. There are no lights in the room. You heard of this thing called a lamp? Yeah, I mean, there's switches that go to an outlet behind me. So if I wanted to get a lamp, yeah, that would be cool. But it wouldn't look like a normal room like you. It would look like a lamp in the corner. So I just got to give a little shout out there. I'm in a cave. Shay is in a proper room. It's a weird time. It's November. It's getting dark early. It's no shave November, so I'm rocking the full beard as well. And, Looks great. Uh, it's going away soon. Going away before I get to the go hang out with my girlfriend's family. That's for sure. Smart. Um, but yeah, we, we're living different lives than we normally do in darkness and fully bearded. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. Okay, Apex. Apex Legends. That's why we're here. We got a fun podcast today. Today we're doing our ranked guide to Broken Moon. It's going to be a great time. I think we got some really cool tips in here, uh, but maybe not as much sneaky information as we think we're used to providing on these maps, which will be something we'll talk about uh, during the episode. Before we dive into it, if you want a question answered ask in our on our podcast, ask it in our Discord channel for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to as well, drop us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. We'll be live tweeting over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And so maybe there'll be some great tweets out there for people to go check out now. <laughs> it's always great tweets. It's always fun out, out there on the web. Twitter is going crazy, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's in true. In general. So don't Might have to catch out. me on Hive soon. We'll see if that uh, pops off. I'm behind. I've seen a lot of people hopping on Hive. I got Hive. I got the at, at Shay C. That's my at. Pretty good, I would say. Is this like the next big thing? Because I haven't really read anything about it. It's just the uh, people that at Twitter and leaving Twitter are going over to this one. It's a combination of Twitter and Instagram. There's pictures and there's a tweet feed or a message feed as well. But not enough people are posting messages for it to be like super interesting yet. And you got to follow everybody, but not everybody's over there. There's some discrepancy. Maybe Maybe it's the next. Help them out. Maybe Maybe it's the next. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if we're if we're hiving, then there'll be content. <laughs> Man, we'll have to look into that. Um, definitely follow at Shay C on Hive. <laughs> I gotta make one now. If um, I get a follower on Hive, I'm gonna crack the heck up off this podcast. We gotta build that out because <laughs> social media is burning or something. Oh, um, other quick announcement: Last episode, we announced the fifth third-party invitational 
tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. Signups are still out. All you got to do is join our Patreon in order to get the link for the roster. Every player has to be any level of Patreon supporter. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're switching up the rules a little bit. Um, it's going to be three games on Broken Moon and then two games on World's Edge. Uh, really nice format. rest of this episode is going to be all about Broken Moon. So you'll get all the inside tips on how to perform well in the tournament. These are always fun ones because we definitely get a portion of our community inspired by our drop locations and such. And then we kind of see maybe they're, you know, more highly contested than we recommend them to be in the individual tournaments. So That's right. we'll see how it goes. Um, well, let's dive into it. We're going to start ranked guide to Broken Moon. So kind of, I guess, a little recap on what we do with these episodes, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, when a new map comes out and then, you know, a couple weeks into each rank split, we kind of try and do a guide on how we're playing ranked uh, on each map so we can provide the Henry and Shay third party perspective of what's going on. Some of our thoughts, thoughts on like certain features on the maps. We're going to talk about our favorite POIs. We're going to drop talk about just random team comps we've like in the play right now. Um, so not maybe overall what is meta but how we're having success uh climbing in ranks so far um, we're both about diamond right now um and so i think we're having some early success for, especially not for like grinding 12 hours a day we're just playing after work and getting some dubs so it's always a fun one um yeah what else do you want to talk about before we kind of dive into the nitty-gritty yeah i think these episodes are more strategy our experience so we're not necessarily going in depth onto what the weapon or the legend meta is for a season but specifically about the map and like you said relative to other seasons we're performing pretty well as a three stack and ranked um you know getting diamond within the first few weeks of season is an accomplishment that's not something we normally do at the very beginning of the season so i think we have a good amount of credibility to talk about this map we pushed back this episode quite a bit to get mm-hmm. some more experience with the map. We both are big fans of it, but one little spoiler is, and you kind of already mentioned it, there's not a whole lot of like secrets to go into mm-hmm. on how to master this map or these you know different drop locations that are going to set you up for easy wins. Mm-hmm. This is a, I mean, and I think that's a good thing. This is a really balanced fun to play map and i think the more you play it the more you're gonna be able to understand the flow but yeah don't get us wrong we're gonna go through everything and everything we've learned but it's less cut and dry than it normally is i I will say that i think one of the things that's our bread and butter um in terms of how we provide a unique outlook to people is we really focus on those unnamed POIs and finding the best ones of those to drop at that can still maximize your loot and be a, a solid start to your game. This map is unique in that I don't think there's a single unnamed POI that we're dropping at semi-consistently. And that changes how we talk about like those kind of sneaky little mm-hmm. tips like you were saying. And so we'll, we'll get into our drop locations and such, but that's probably the biggest switch up for me when I look at this map overall. Um, we're going to talk about map features, but before we do, let's talk about the state of ranked overall as a whole. You know, n- no strong adjustments from prior seasons. How do you feel about ranked as a whole? 
what is ranked reward right now in your opinion in terms of play style and how does that maybe relate to broken moon in your opinion yeah i mean like we said we're doing pretty well so Mm -hmm. it's hard to complain i think we're in a pretty healthy state of ranked but with that being said i think for a solo player tough time right now we're in a really competitive ranked split right now um and that is in part by all the best players are still on apex most players are trying out new games right now so Mm -hmm. in terms of just how the ranked player base is distributed it is skewed to the top we have a really high skill pool like we are in diamond lobbies with playing against masters and that's not normal you know normally the break is you know once you get up to to diamond two then you start getting into really high skill lobbies um and i feel like i've talked to a few individuals that are playing solo and they're in silver and gold and they are just having a hard time playing solo so mm-hmm. i think ranked rewards team play right now uh, more than anything else mm-hmm. i think that's very fair to say honestly I-, I won't even say i have a bunch to build off of that i think you said it very well so let's just dive into the map features uh, we'll talk about kind of the unique things on this map and how they impact how you play broken moon and the first one i'm not going to rattle through because the first one's such a big one zip rails a major addition to the apex games a major element of this map Uh, we've talked about them a bit at the top of the season our initial opinions but in the context of ranked and broken moon as a guide overall how have they impacted your play do you find them to be a integral part of how you're playing or is this kind of like a, a trident on storm point where it's like you're not really using them all the time I think they're critical. Um, I think first off the positive, the speed and the efficiency is unparalleled. Like as much as we love jump towers and how iconic they are and how I think they're better than gravity cannons, a zip rail is so much better because you are going straight at your next POI. You don't have to go all the way up a balloon and then all over the place. You know, team stays together very quickly and efficiently. In a straight line. So I love them. The questions that we had at the beginning of the season were are the is the speed of the zip rails going to contribute to faster rotations, which will contribute to more third parties? Haven't really seen a direct correlation with teams like coming in with a zip rail because they heard you from a POI away. Mm-hmm. Haven't really felt that. And the other question was, are you gonna be able to get killed on a zip rail like (laughs) is it really risky to take this past the team or through a poi do you have to be really cautious and i think most situations they're relatively safe like they go so fast that it's really hard to get knocked uh when you're you know full health in a pretty set up situation um so i I think they're really strong i I really love them for rotations I think you honestly got knocked for the first time off of one yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it's only happened like, once. Yeah, it was like the only time I can remember thinking about it. Um, it's a charge rifle, for the record. <laughs> Zip rails are great. I think, yeah. like you said, the momentum, the speed, very, very cool tool. And one that I think has allowed zone play as well for us, which has kind of been an interesting balance as well. Um, I think in terms of the third-party subject, 
agree with you. Haven't really noticed it drastically if you're fighting in the POI. What I have noticed is if you are holding up the actual rail, like uh, uh, the station, mm-hmm. that you then you then are probably more susceptible to that third party because you're directly on it, essentially. Uh, and, and that's good and bad that you're right there uh, holding those buildings. There's positives and negatives. So just something to think about uh, when you're holding those stations in particular on the zip rails. But I love the feature. I, I think it's been absolutely fascinating to see it play out. And I think that they designed the map in such a great way to play to the zip rails that are, you know, healthy and it's not oppressive right now. So, yeah, zip rails are your everything. Is kind of my opinion. The amount of fights we've, or amount of fights we've escaped, and because of a zip rail, and the amount of times we've been able to, you know, just rotate effectively because of this feature is huge. Um, other features we got loot ticks. We got what we're calling gravity pits, which you can find at Breaker Wharf, Alpha Base, the Divide, the areas that if you kind of jump off the map, you are pulled back up without taking damage. So kind of like a version of lava on World's Edge, but not that intense. Um, and then we also have you know the lack of a couple features in that no PvE, no tridents on this map. And then last but not least, we got the jump tower at Eternal Gardens. Um, Oh, and I'm sorry, I missed out the fans as well at the core as another kind of flotation feature on this map. Where do you want to start with this list of kind of some of the other features uh, and how you think they're they're impacting your play on Broken Moon? Yeah. Really quick, loot ticks. This is primitive. This is like foundations of Apex. <laughs> um, I expect this to be updated with a new way of getting random loot drops on the map. I'm, we might all be disappointed, and I don't want us an unfair expectation, but I just feel like Stormpoint has so much like different abilities to get random loot, mm-hmm. and when Olympus dropped, we didn't have the Marvins, and so I'm just assuming that the loot ticks are a filler, but I, I just want to get that out of the way. I, I like them too, but they're <laughs> just so much more rare than Except maybe when a they pop bot. up on scans. Yeah, that is a little weird. Um, I think talking about just zip rails, having the one jump tower, why did we not get triadents on this map is something that I was expecting. I was fully expecting there to be triadents on this map. They were minimal minimal feature on Stormpoint, but they were still there. And so it just seems like the introduction on Olympus, the continuation on Stormpoint, and then they disappear from being added to new maps after that, I was personally surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I, I, and I, I thought as well we were going to get PvE. I thought that was an element of the game that people really enjoyed and from a loot perspective was really great for the health of the map. But they didn't do Tridents and they didn't do PvE. And I think it comes back to a few course, a, a few points. One, I think with Zip Rails and the One Jump Tower, they were able to do something really unique and control the flow of the map. Mm-hmm. You generally know you drop in location X, players are going to flow this direction and flow this direction. And by thinking that way and looking at the map and how they designed it, I think they were able to kind of try and avoid putting together like death zones, like the third party hot zones. And Promenade is definitely an area that is very you know devastating and you semi want to avoid if you're trying to get uh, trying to not just like get KP, 
But I think outside of that, there's no like random hillside on Kings Canyon where everyone's getting funneled here. I think the fact that they were able to use those tools to control how players funnel into different areas of the map has really made it feel a lot healthier. And tridents are obviously a tool that allow you to go wherever you want, quickest direction from point A to point B. When everyone's taking the quickest direction from point A to point B, they tend to to meet one another when that is not controlled. And so I think it's a it's an interesting concept. And I think that's a part of why we are kind of seeing zip rails and why we are maybe feeling the map in that so same form. Yeah. I think the feel of the map is definitely in part to the those decisions. The way I view the lack of PVE and the lack of tridents is the intention of this map was to be competitive. Yeah. What's our number one competitive map? World's Edge. There's no PVE on World's mm-hmm. Edge. There's no Triadons on World's Edge. We're really taking it back to basics. And although I did not expect that, that is a good sign. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to create an award-winning map that everybody loves. And I personally think we're on the right track with Broken yeah. Moon. I think it's pretty easy to say that this is a win of a map from a community's perspective early on. I don't think we're hearing negativity about this map, unplayability, lack of desire for it to be in the ALGS. I think this is this is like the next one up. It's the prodigy mm-hmm. to World's Edge, which is which is always great to see. Um before we get into the play style of the maps, let's talk about the one special loot location we have kind of found on this map. Uh, this is something we talk about on each guide, and we'd love to hear from you guys. It's still early, so there's definitely opportunity for there to be more of these throughout the map that we haven't experienced yet. But every map seems to have like the the gold bin or the area that has a high probability of gold that is just a random portion of the POI. Um, you know, you talk about Olympus and the waterfall uh, area elevated above Hammond. Uh, we had what we called gold building uh, outside of the pit on King's Canyon. You know, there's like a list of kind of these. And so the one we found is we're calling it gold building again. Maybe we got to think of a more unique name so it doesn't get confused with King's Canyon. But between North Promenade and Terraformer, uh, there's the zip line that takes you straight up Terraformer uh, from, or zip rail, sorry, all the way up to Terraformer or down from Terraformer to this cluster of buildings. The building that is closest to the zip rail that takes you to the divide. There's two bins on the backside and in the middle of the building as well. It's not a guarantee, not as much of a guarantee as everything else, but we have been finding gold mags and gold armor there a handful of times in our game so far. So a little fun fact, if you ever want to check that building real quick on a rotate, we, we kind of try to make our way there most times if we are kind of going through that area. Yeah, I think... It's pretty dang solid. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be highlighting that probably on Twitch for the third-party invitational. <laughs> so drop us a comment in chat if uh, if you want to take a look at that one because it's consistent. But it yep. is weird that, I mean, I would love to hear from the community if you found like a place that is more likely to spawn snipers or mm-hmm. you know high-tier loot. Would love to know that. Because normally we get two or three per map and we haven't found it. I don't personally think they exist yet. Um, So let us know if you Mm -hmm. found one. Well, before we talk about drop locations and talk about the play style, as I mentioned, um, 
kick us off, I think. I'll let you kind of lead this this topic. How are you feeling Broken Moon plays? Long range, short range, right in the middle, super aggressive third parties, super passive defense up every building with three defensive legends. Where is this one settling for you? Yeah, so I think it's a hybrid, like most maps. Mm -hmm. Um, In general, very mid to long range engagement friendly. Mm -hmm. Like Sentinel, Charge Rifle, Longbow, strong options on this map. And then 3030 G7, Triple Take, Bow, also really good. So Snipers and Marksmans, I feel like, are very consistent, powerful weapons on this map. Um, But the other thing to consider is that the buildings on this map are incredible for defending. I would mm-hmm. say are Watson's strongest map. Like just limited entry points, limited windows on most buildings. Mm-hmm. And so you get a nice combination of being able to rotate pretty easily with zip rails, have mid to long range engagements, but then mid game, end game. Being able to really play defensive legends to Mm -hmm. the fullest um, is something that I think is a great balance on this map. Yeah, I think I'll build off that. I think the defensive legends definitely have a spot, uh, especially with the ability to defend the zip rail stations in particular. Because what that allows you to do is move from ring to ring quickly, effectively, uh, but also kind of thwart people that are coming in and maybe pick up some KP. So we were having a lot of success with defensive legends in those buildings. Um, I think you're right, though. I think generally very friendly to the defensive legends. I think the only types of buildings I would avoid are the circular buildings at cultivation and bionomics, you know, having a big opening on top and a couple of areas where there's not doors makes those semi harder to hold and defend. So that might not be the easiest building. And then the building style that is on the bridges between, you know, outside of Promenade and outside of Dry Gulch. Uh, Very small buildings, buildings, tiny. We obviously don't recommend that you, you know, try and fence up the super tiny buildings all the time. But those are, you're quite susceptible to window death in those ones. So if you're playing defensive, I think if you can stay away from those, you're going to have some, you're good, some good success uh, for sure. So I agree with you though, a, a defensive friendly map, not like Olympus where every building feels just like unguardable to a certain extent. And yeah, I think we're in a medium to long range meta. You rattled off all the marksmen and the snipers. I'll make the honorable mention there as well as that the Arthur one and flatline with Anvil as well are great uh, competitors there. And just having that versatility, there's a lot of guns that operate at medium to long range and semi-automatic form. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal for how the map plays makes rotating harder, makes it more valuable to kind of have the flexibility and reactive legends to save somebody uh, in a dire situation. But yeah, that's overall how I think the playstyle is feeling. Any other kind of notes on that? I like it. I mm-hmm. I think that it really works. Like I'll just speak to the buildings again. The lunar base style buildings, I just think are my favorite. There's yeah, so many cool features of them, like where there is like plant growing greenhouse portions where you can get on top of these kind of like uh, rail systems that oversee the interior of a building. And then there's also like half dome windows that I think offer 
really cool visibility, mm-hmm. while at the same time having very minimal windows and two or three entry points. So your Catalyst, your Rampart, your Caustic, your Watson, just really, really strong yeah. uh, on the majority of those types of buildings. And then the larger buildings that we'll talk about here in a couple minutes are also pretty similar in terms of if you get high ground, you have a pretty stable position. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan. And I think with any map, it pretty much comes down to how easy is it to rotate and what's the building types. And I think yeah. you check both the boxes uh, with this map. Yeah, I think if I was going to put it in perspective, in terms of playstyle comparison, this map reminds me the most of World's Edge, Sands, like the cities, essentially. Without those city, big city areas, which are obviously a huge part of World's Edge and why it's a great map and super fun and unique. But if you kind of took those out and replaced them the semi-similar POIs to Broken Moon, I think you'd have a map that plays very similar to each other in terms of playstyle from a building's perspective and a gun's perspective. So. My two cents there on that one, um, if that means anything to people that are you know, not logging tons of hours right now and how they can think about the map. Let's talk recommended drops, though. We got a couple today. We have, we have four drops and then kind of one other just general concept for this map, uh, overall speaking. Um, let's do a switch off. Let's do a switch off. You kick us off with this first one. So the first recommended drop is a little bit spicy, but it's Promenade. I think... You can go either north or south. I personally prefer to drop on North Promenade so you can loot it north to south and then can replicate or scan beacon or rotate out of South Promenade. But it, of course, depends on your dropship path. Now, the reason that this is spicy is it's a central drop. Like That kind of means that it's going to be more contested, but it also means that rotations are going to be easier game to game you're in a centrally located spot you're more likely than not not going to have a super long rotation to the map you're probably going to be in the first ring now can be contested like i said but because really promenade is two pois you can split it and you Mm -hmm. can have pretty straightforward um early fights because it's I want to say vertical, but it's a linear, you know, like you're on one side of promenade, the other team's on another side, very unlikely to have a surprise flank or a team come in from nowhere because it's pretty much a hallway. This POI Mm -hmm. is a glorified hallway with lots of different entry points. Um, We've had a lot of success with getting early KP here, but honestly, I think people are just scared to drop here because it's so central. We, mm-hmm. more often than not, in pretty high-skill lobbies, get this uncontested. So even though it might surprise people as our first recommended drop, this is where we've gotten the majority of our wins from because yeah. it's so easy to rotate from here. You don't have to risk anything, and the early fights are so straightforward. And I know sometimes we talk about not having contested fights, but at the end of the day, if you can put yourself in a position where you know you're going to have guns, maybe even armor, and it's a controllable fight, you'd rather win an early fight than avoid an early fight and not get guns and armor because Mm -hmm. early fights are easier than later fights. Mm -hmm. People have less armor. They have less attachments. So if you're better, you can really 
overcome people early because your skill is going to outshine your loot. A hundred percent agreed. Um, it reminds me a lot of carrier in terms of yes. fight style early, where you drop together on one side and you you progress forward. I think in terms of how you drop here, having two people, we drop towards one of the edges and then having two people split the bins and one person kind of start the trek down the middle has uh, been our split up so far. Uh, it's worked pretty effectively, but I agree. There's definitely some risk here. And if you're really struggling with the fights early here, then maybe you should look a different direction. But like Henry said, this is an effective form of fighting, something that's straightforward. And so if you can get good here, you're going to have a lot of success and be able to rotate zone quite easily. So I like it as well. That's a good spot. Next, we got Bionomics. Prettiest drop on the map, in my opinion. I love it. I answered the question on Wednesday's episode, said this is where I would live if I was living on Broken Moon. Um, but this is kind of the collection of circle buildings areas towards the edge of the maps. Um, these buildings can be seen in POIs like Cultivation and Internal Gardens. We really like how these are playing. They're great to defend. You have really strong rooftop fights, a lot of great flanking opportunities throughout. You can retreat from building to building if need be, but generally playing this roof and winning the poke down fight versus someone else and then pushing in has proved to be very effective for us uh, early drop so far. Um, we like being at the edge of the map with Bionomics, where you generally are less contested. Not really going to see more than one team here quite often, and there's enough buildings to be able to split it with one team. Um, on top of that, it's just a great concentration of loot within the buildings. And so you do, if you get it uncontested, are able to loot here pretty quickly and rotate via the zip lines quite easily, I would say. Um, and then last thing, another great note about POIs like this, spill-off locations, if there's more teams than expected. Uh, you have two great options in being able to head to the divide and Atmos station via zip rail, but also there's just a ton of uh, stations for the zip rail right around here. You got to the outside edge of Bionomics where there's no other POIs. You have two stations that you could definitely split with the team if you needed to. Like split amongst your own team. I'm not saying split with another team, just to clarify. And then between Bionomics and the Divide, there's two zip rail stations there as well where you could split. Don't recommend dropping on two stations by themselves, but in a situation in an emergency, you can probably get enough good loot between two stations to put up a semi solid fight on a team if need be. So safe drop, it feels like edge of the map. Uh, I'm a fan. I think. Bionomics has a lot of really good points, and I'm glad you really got into the details there because I think this one's kind of an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. It's a slam dunk that it's on the perimeter. It's in a corner pocket of the map. That makes it pretty safe. But because of the rooftop fighting, it is a medium range POI. Like yeah. you need to be comfortable with the 3030 and the R301 with Anvil and the G7. Like that kind of has to be your comfortability so i think by you pointing out why it's worth it to play in that style this is a really good drop now next i'm gonna group together three pois <laughs> that you know it is what it is but i'll just say i really like the foundry production yard and breaker wharf i'll even include dry gulch in that too so just yeah that vertical the whole portion side of the map, of the map. Like yeah. the west side of the map. Um, 
Each of these POIs are in the Rocky style on one side of the map. No, they're not all the same or even equivalent, but we like them all as drop mm-hmm. locations. Um, they're large POIs with a lot of space to loot and separate if you're contested. You can really outmaneuver a team quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then them all being very big superstructures mean that you have high ground potential. You know, mm-hmm. and I just that makes me feel good when you have <laughs> the visibility, you have the high ground, and you're going to get that at all of those three big named POIs that are in big buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, all three or four of them are on the perimeter as well. So they're just kind of slam dunks. I think the reason that you might be hesitant to drop at these are their size. Normally, like Shay said at the top, we kind of prefer to drop at unnamed POIs that are smaller and less well-known, not going to be contested. Larger POIs are contested. So getting one of these three or four uncontested is going to be key. Um, But if you do, really, really solid drop spot. Yeah, I I agree. I think these are all great POIs, and I like how connected they all are as well. And so you can rotate between if you want to try and go pick up some early KP and you have strong rotates into the zone. Um, But I think one of our favorite things about these as well is, like you said, big structures, lots of power positions. If you do happen to drop on one of these and the ring starts to pull your way, you're going to be there early and you're going to be able to be in a pretty dominant position. So I'm a fan for sure. I think these are good. We haven't bundled POIs like this together uh, before, and they're not as pretty, that's for sure, as the heaven side versus the hell side, but definitely still effective drop locations. Last POI on our list, though, the divide. And this is a pretty simple, straightforward one. It's built for two teams to drop there. And that's, I think, one of the takeaways from this podcast today is a lot of drops are contested on Broken Moon. And so finding POIs that you can contest with somebody else effectively but have a second to breathe are great. And I love the divide for that reason because each team gets a side and then you try and win that poke fight. Similar style to Bionomics. You're taking a medium range fight and then you got rails to kind of get over or zip lines to get over or bridges to push over. And so it's it's going to happen quick in terms of if you get a knock, close the gap, finish that fight. But I think we've definitely been able to have success here. And I will also throw an important note that there is some shocking high ground that you can play on this map. Um, there's a beacon near the divide. That beacon is on like a cliff that just oversees the entire POI. If you get your loot and get up there and there's multiple teams, you're going to be able to dominate. And I will also say on the opposite side from that, I tested this out in a ranked game and died for this information, but you can climb on top of the other center building just straight into the rocky green mountain and you have visibility on everything, less cover than the other side. So definitely go to the beacon if possible. But there's just sneaky high ground in this area. And that little piece of knowledge is something I think can help you win a fight early um, in in this game. So I like the divide. It's great. Important note as well, you can't fall off the map at the divide. It is part of that updraft thing. And no, you probably shouldn't jump off and try and push people via the updraft with your gun down. But if that puts fear in you that you thought you were going to fall off the map, you're not, which is a nice little note, I think, to add in there. <laughs> Always good peace of mind. Um, and then th- there's one more thing I want to mention on 
POIs and play style with this map. I think generally speaking, this is the map of finding uncontested drops. And we say that a lot on a lot of our guides, but I think why it's so key on this map is it's hard. There's only 16 POIs. You are not going to find uncontested POIs often. And due to the size of the POIs, if you do get one to yourself, you are going to be able to walk out with a lot of solid loot for the most part. And so I love the look back in the dropship, find the uncontested POI, go there, loot it up, and then kind of play the game as you are. Uh, I think it's a great strategy here. But yeah, if anyone's listening to this podcast and is like, whoa, you guys are choosing all the big POIs for your recommendations. This is unlike any other map in that splitting a POI and being able to split a POI is going to be a version of success. We talked about it with uh, Olympus uh, specifically as well, and that if you can you know, figure out how to dominate the fight at one POI in the early game, picking up that KP and then being able to rotate in is a huge way to grind and get more ranked points. Totally. Always good advice. Let's talk end rings, because we have felt like we found something odd on this map, and it, it influences yeah. team comp a little bit. I'll, I'll let you kind of take this one away. Yeah, really quickly. I don't want to get too bogged down in this. The first observation is we have felt a strange lack of named POIs in your final circles. Like, just the rank shrinking in between big structures, big POIs. And that affects the team comp, and we'll get into that. Did you want to mention anything on that subject? I I, I wanted to throw one thing in there before we get into the team comps. I just wanted to say that if this is true, and it's still early, so we don't want to say with 100% certainty, it's just kind of been a gut feeling we've had early on. But if this is kind of the norm and we can figure out a way to back this up, either with like, you know, looking at map data to see that there's less, you know, just POI locations overall, I think the important takeaway to note is you are rewarded for understanding building type in the game because random buildings are repeated throughout the map. And so if you can understand the building, even if it's an area you haven't really played in a ton, you're going to have success. But also just playing a lot, being aware in the dropship and looking for random structures that you're going to be able to play in these late games is great. I mean, we played a ring shrink between promenade and terraformer that just shrunk kind of like we just thought it was right in the middle of the open it was gonna be flat ground everywhere and i was forward scouting it with pathfinder and i found you know a cluster of blue bins and we were able to rotate there early everyone else is kind of just chilling in the open and we were able to play off those blue bins so i think map knowledge is rewarded essentially is what i'm kind of getting at if this is totally the case um, but yeah, going to team comps because you're you're right. It totally impacts how we've been kind of thinking about playing so far. Yeah. So the first kind of team comp is really centered around Newcastle, believe it or not, and that's because of the lack of POIs that you have to create your own cover. So Newcastle, coupled with Catalyst and Seer, this is something that we talked about on Mastering Catalyst as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of the the wall team where you're able to have a Newcastle castle wall, and then the Catalyst, Dark Vale wall. That's really powerful. And coupling both of those with Seer's ultimate to have visibility is just really, really powerful in an endgame situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strong-ass comp, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. The other kind of idea that is just really popular right now and works incredible on this map We're is Seer, of course. Like, that's just a given. Mm-hmm. But Horizon 
and her ability to get the entire team on top of the buildings with her tactical, but also on the zip rails, just maximizing the speed and efficiency of rotating just with that one tactical is so apparently powerful. Mm -hmm. Then the other one that I feel like we haven't talked about in a long, long time is Pathfinder. And I don't know if it's necessarily map specific, but I feel like on this map, he is really strong. Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes down to, yes, the grapple and his ability to get on zip rails and push Mm -hmm. teams, scout, do all that great stuff. But zip lines on this map are just really, really strong. Being able Mm -hmm. to grab, grab high ground, rotate with it. Yes, zip rails are amazing, but they're obviously on a set you know route Mm -hmm. and being able to create your own direct pathways with pathfinder really really powerful for offense defense rotating so having that kind of mobility intel team really powerful very well said i honestly don't have a ton to to build off that I, i think we've been playing that second comp probably more than the first one this year horizon pathfinder and that's generally how we operate as we climb the ranks we play more aggressive and then if we hit a wall we'll kind of opt into a more defensive comp and so you know maybe we'll do a check-in towards the end of the split um and see what we're thinking in terms of you know high high level ranked if the team comp is persisting but the only other thing i'll throw in with that seer horizon pathfinder is we talked a lot about how you have to take contested drops for the most part and that splitting a poi is great I think those three legends together in the early game have three great tacticals to make combat more effective. Mm-hmm. And having advantages early is huge because early KP is everything. It's going to put you at ease. It's going to make your RP feel better. And so being able to, you know, horizon queue up, shoot off the top of that, or grab high ground, Pathfinder is able to grab an off angle or chase down a weak player. And then Seer obviously just having a great tactical in of its own. I think those three together make for a devastating early fight um, versus some of the other, you know, even a defensive legend is not always great to have early on uh, because you don't always have time to react and set up proactively. So uh, I think that's a really strong trio right there. The only other note I kind of wanted to make on team comps is we have not been playing Valk on this map and that's some change. You know, we've been preaching the Valk for seasons at this point and that she's great and, our favorite legend, an incredibly strong rotational tool. I think we've just been feeling the lack of need for her with the zip rails. The zip rails are so fast and such a great way to get around the map, and they haven't felt super risky so far. And so we haven't felt the need for Valk. She'll always be great. Being able to get out of an impossible situation with the Valk is such a great piece of ability. So I think I'm not going to knock you for playing her. But just us personally, we've been getting more value out of that Horizon and Pathfinder on a game-to-game basis. And that's a switch up, and we'll see if that kind of lasts as we keep climbing. Yeah, if if you know me, you know the Mm -hmm. show. We were huge early adopters of Valk. I love Valkyrie. I think she's OP. I think she's amazing. But it's hard to ignore the fact that she was, dare I say, a crutch on Stormpoint. Absolutely needed mm-hmm. with the lack of consistent rotating options that weren't gravity cannons. Now, going on to a map that has such a fantastic, consistent rotational transit network, she just isn't as needed. Yes, you can still have a lot of fun with her entire kit, but you just don't require anymore. And that allows you to 
free up your team to have maybe some more offense or more defense, which I think is refreshing. So definitely nothing against Valk, but just a heads up that she's no longer absolutely critical to your team in order to survive on a map. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Let's wrap things up, though. Broken Moon, as a map, overall, um, how are you feeling so far? Is this uh, is this the one? Is this going to change everything? We're obviously going to be playing it for a while. This is the longest mm-hmm. split to date uh, for a ranked map. So get used to it if you don't like it, unfortunately. But uh, where are you feeling overall? I like it a lot. And I'm just surprised by it even existing. Like There's so many things that the lack of the triadents, even the replacement of the jump towers with a really effective system of zip rails, I'm impressed by. The fact that all the building types are so defense friendly just surprises me. Mm-hmm. Like, And I love it because I love defensive legends. I love kind of learning new building types and I like all of them on this map. Um, but then also having those big structures that reward long-range playstyle like Ricker Wharf or even aspects of Dry Gulch. I'm just a big fan of how you play on this map and how it's mm-hmm. designed. I, I think it's a winner. I agree. I think I, I'm loving it so far. It, it is right up there for favorite maps uh, early, at least, and I'm excited to see how it continues to to go. Um, I think we're having a great time on this ring split. I think it's playing well, and yeah, props to the respawn team. They did a great job with this map, in my opinion. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on Broken Moon. You can ask on Twitter if you want to share or talk to us in the Discord. Really looking forward to hearing the community's thoughts. That's going to wrap things up for us, though. Thank you so much to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop us a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>